Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's go back to 2011 with Squidge. Let's look at the World Cup again with Squidge. Hello. And welcome to the Squidge Rugby World Cup Retrospective Podcast. It is actually today as we're recording this, World Podcast Day. Um, so there is a huge party going on around there. All of the podcasts are here. Uh, we're at the National Podcast Party. There's only six of us, but it's entirely white men chatting about shit. Which is weird because there's only six of us. And usually I think there's about six men in the UK who don't have podcasts. So I know, it's getting that way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So very, very accurate. <laughs> joining myself, um, Robbie Squidge, whoever you want to call me, and as ever, Mr. Will Owen. W- Willi- William Owen, thank you, is someone who has done another podcast in the past, as well as being a consistent hero on rugby Twitter. Absolutely. It is the one and only Sav of Limebreak Rugby. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm doing well. Yes. I, I think he- hero is a very strong word. I cannot accept, I can't accept that at all. I don't yeah. know. I, don't, I mean... He, it doesn't take much to be a hero of rugby Twitter. Oh, that's that's <laughs> true. The bar, <laughs> the bar is low. That is true. Actually. So you are safely sailing way over that bar. We're looking at like <laughs> world record vaulting levels. Either you're a hero, or the other ninety people who run that account are heroes. I'm not okay. really sure which yet. <laughs> it does. It does get erratic sometimes. So. I'll tweet something and then two minutes later, CC will tweet something and Fred might tweet some coaching thing. And I want to reply to them in, and it just doesn't work. Like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't work. So I have to, I have to then send them a DM or something. Yeah. It's a bit of a mess. <laughs> just send yourself a DM on your own account. Yeah. Like, fuck off, Fred, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, an, it's an erratic account to hold sometimes. It's fun. We it's are, fun. we are, of course, talking to you the week that Exeter made a European final and your tweets are always noticeable because they are the ones about Exeter. Yes, (laughs) that's true. Um, And increasingly in uh, depressingly so because the year that they've decided to turn heel, as it were, um, they've decided to start to try and win Europe. So it's Mm. it's very I'm getting very mixed emotions in that respect. Uh, because I'm enjoying the rugby they play. Mm. It's just they can't stop saying things that I just inherently disagree with. <laughs> You're an enormous fan of drive overs from one yard out. Yes. Well, that that's to be to be fair. That's a tactic that Baxter has brought through oh, the championship, yeah. and he hasn't changed. And uh, I'm just yeah, I love it. It's it's great. It's just riveting stuff. Mm. And it it is it's easy to criticise, but it's so effective. And I find effective and good rugby more interesting than it's bad but pretty criticize. rugby. They're winning well, games. No. They get to European finals. It's easy to say it's not much fun, is it? Yeah, you know, it's not much fun. You're on the bar bars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's easy to have a go at, I guess. X X to v the bar bars would be a very strange game. I think <laughs> it'd be similar. Maybe to, maybe it'd be similar to X to wasps. I'm not sure, but hmm. it would be yeah, it would be a little bit of an odd one because. 
one team is obviously trying to keep the ball forever and just drive for one yard, and the other team's trying to throw it over their heads. So, mm. similar to when you, you guys played Bristol the other week, and you had Semir and Drandra just thinking, "Yeah, I could just go around you guys. It's fine. It's easy. It's easy." And the score is like that, and you say, "No, no, no, no. When we get the ball, we will score. It's fine." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It's it's a confidence thing. I think Exeter hmm. just have the confidence that they they have the ball. They'll have the ball forever, eighty percent possession or whatever, and they will eventually score. I mean, it's hmm. and it's hard. You can't you can't buy that. I think lots of teams in the past have tried to buy that confidence, but you've got to make it, and they've yeah, managed yeah. to make it. And you look at at the weekend when Toulouse were ahead, you know, scored twice early on, and were playing all the rugby. Looked the the far better team, the team that were you know in control of the game after half an hour or so. And Rob Baxter was interviewed and he just said, yeah, I, you know, I feel confident in this game. We've got this. Like, this is, we're going to win this. You know, he didn't say we're going to win this, but he has that very much that vibe of like, we, we haven't seen anything we can't handle. I enjoy his, so he described the best way to tire opposition forwards out mm. as making them constantly get up off the floor. Yeah. So... Yeah. He, like most people would say, oh, you run them from edge to edge, you make them, you know, but a good defensive system means that you don't actually run that much when you go edge to edge because defensive systems yeah. just slide. But making them actually tackle, get off the floor constantly, all that mm. lactic acid they're producing, that's what tires big forwards up more than and any sort of running. Subconsciously as well, you know, you, yeah. you're thinking about it and you're thinking, God, I've had to make six tackles in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah people are more I've had to be involved to every ruck. At whatever speed, yeah. you know. The hardest, most draining part of defending is making a tackle, getting up, having to ruck, and then thinking about what you're doing next. That's the most difficult mm. part, especially at that level. Right. Yeah, and that's when the gaps appear, etc. We should probably talk about the other. I've heard this as a rugby World Cup. Probably. Yeah, I was mm. I was about to get onto that. So we should probably shuffle on um, to the the game we're supposed to be talking about today, England against Romania. Uh, so this is actually a really famous match across the Rugby World Cup because it was, you know, I think England went in very confident. They had, of course, the previous week blown off a lot of steam by going dwarf tossing uh, in the weekend between this and their previous game. And amazingly, amazingly, they 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 just weren't switched on. They were all hung over, and Romania won forty four points to twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not going to lie; don't entirely know where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> let's let's just real non sequiturs are there. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just play it like we we watched a game from an alternate universe, okay. um, in which. <laughs> England forgot to turn up. No, um, the game finished sixty-seven-three to Romania. No, <laughs> to England, that was a genuine mistake. <laughs> that was. It's worth making it very clear. England did win this game, and hot take, guys. I think they deserved to win. <laughs> I ooh, think that's ooh. true. And and the the main reason they deserve to win is Romania's lineout was one of the worst <laughs> examples of a lineout I have ever seen in my entire life. It's like. It's not really a lineup. I don't know what you can call it. It's like a shambles of people kind of bumping into each other, and then the ball just gets thrown towards. I them. was about to ask this question. So when somebody, for example, kicks the ball or runs, and the ball goes over the touch line, it goes out of play, mm. off the pitch. What happens? Well, uh, according to the Romanians, you throw it back to the other team. <laughs> <laughs> Because nobody told them what a line-out is. And, like, Jen- and Bogdan Suman, who we've referenced earlier mm. in this podcast... Uh, Your friend like, of mine. Yeah, looked like he'd never thrown a ball in his life. And he got the ball, kind of like, 
what do I do now? And then th- just throws it in and hopes for the best, hopes that a Romanian might be somewhere in the vicinity of where he's throwing the ball. And I think they maybe caught one line out in the game, and that was when Marius Tinker was on. Yeah, no, perhaps no, one, yeah. There was another one. There was one where it was such an awkward throw where they just went, had enough of this. We're just going to chuck it to the front. And for whatever reason, the lifters had their hands like around sort of the, the, the jumper's midriff. So they were barely lifting him. Like he got a few inches further off the ground than he would have. And he, he sort of fumbled the ball forwards. I think it's Tom Croft and the England team reaches across or bats it back into him. And he would have knocked this on had it not been for Tom Croft knocking it back into him. And the referee just played on because he was like, this, is, <laughs> wait, this hasn't gone their way. Let's just give them something, <laughs> you know. There was a couple of moments the ref did that. And to be honest, even as an Englishman, I was kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, it's nothing's happening. Just let them have that pen. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was quite nice. In the, I've got, I mean, I made notes, as you guys maybe know, about mm. the Georgia game, England-Georgia, yeah, uh, where Haskell had an absolute shocker. Yeah. Um, I then went and had made some more notes on the, the England-Romania game. And Haskell in the first four minutes gives away a penalty in an attacking position. And I just thought, oh, here we go again. I've got some more notes on Haskell. <laughs> like, and, and the commentary team later on in the game is like, oh, another great game from Haskell. And I'm looking at all my list yeah. of what I've got. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, it hasn't. Like, he's been tackled for negative yardage so many times. He's given away the only penalties England gave away is like three or four of them. And I think most of them involved Haskell in some yeah. way. It's just like, oh, God. The it's, comms, it's- yeah. It says a lot about this England team that they they won by literally sixty four points and they still gave away about ten penalties in the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, Way too it was many. incredible. The start of the game, you know, where they're just giving away penalty after penalty after penalty. Like it, you look at the scoreline, you think that was a blowout the entire way. But the first fifteen minutes, England just kept sabotaging themselves until yeah. the first Quato try. If like, the remaining forward pack were competent, then mm. genuinely, I feel like. They could have been in it till about the fiftieth minute, you know, and yeah. then England would have started running away from yeah. away with it, like the Georgia game. England gave away thirteen penalties. Thirteen yeah, penalties—way too many against a team that they would regard as they—they they wouldn't necessarily know who they're playing against. That's the kind of level mm-hmm. of disrespect, yeah. they would have, yeah. Um, to... and you know they shouldn't be giving away that many pens. It's mental. That's yeah. Mm. To touch on the teams, because um, we kind of alluded to it there, mm-hmm. this was a Romanian second 15, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yes. They had a handful. So Dumbrava was probably the first choice fly half, but he hadn't played the previous game. He came yeah. in and, you know, you had a, a Christian Petra and Poplan. Oh, Poplan was first choice in the following World Cup. Yeah. But, you know, um, and there's a few like Florent Lakers coming in the full back. He was full back. First, yeah, yeah, first choice. But, Apostol was for, Apostol was starting because, of course, their real first choice, Catalan Furku, pulled out because of his fear of flying yeah, that he couldn't sure. bring himself to fly to New Zealand. So this is yeah. this is Romania's second fifteen. You know, their yeah. standout players in Makabe, Tinku, etc., were all on the bench. Uh, Gal, who had a very good game, in there that was eleven game, eleven changes eleven changes from wow. the last okay. game. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> you look at. Marius Tinku and Mihai Makabe are the two real leaders in that team, aren't mm-hmm. they? Like, um, yeah. And then for some reason, Julian Dumitras takes this as an opportunity. He's like, yeah, I'm the star player now. And for some reason, just from the first minute, just goes into full fuck it, I'll do it myself mode. Yeah. And everything, he tries to like, carry the ball like he's Jamie Roberts. He tries booting it miles. He tries throwing crazy miss passes that aren't on. Like, he, for some reason, like, <laughs> goes full Sergio Parise. And just because the two, like, main leaders aren't in the team to tell him not to. <laughs> yeah. 
It's, so, it's like he was let off the leash, yeah. Yeah. To touch on Dumitrash, uh, he is, we've talked about him before on this podcast, the Romania centre fullback fly half, he's playing 12 in this game, yep. who had genuinely maybe the biggest boot I've ever seen. Yeah, like it's at, insane. At one point, he takes a shot from his own half right like on the touchline, and he only narrowly misses it. And it looks like he barely hits it. Like he kind of delicately strokes the ball. Like the way Greg Laidlaw... It, it, it just about went under, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. No, yeah. It, was a, it had the distance. He he just went wide. Or was it wide? It was, it was wide. just wide, okay. yeah. But he, I mean, his boot is incredible. Like his kickoff at the start of the game hangs in the air for about 12 seconds. He, he, made the... he missed, I think he missed touch once. Mm. Um, yeah. He, I don't know. He obviously, I don't know why, how he missed touch. Because like you said, he's got an absolute howitzer. What? This was it. Yeah, <laughs> Romania were given a penalty on their own try line uh, because mm-hmm. I think it was James Haskell again uh, came in at the side. Yeah, he went for uh, goal. Yeah, definitely was. Yeah, and he weighed up going for goal, and he was trying to put it out just outside the English twenty-two, and that's <laughs> yes. why he missed touch because he aimed he, to make eighty meters off the kick. Yeah, and and I think England ran it back, and they probably ran mm. it back with a bit of extra. But yeah, he was he was literally like so confident. I'm just going to stick it down in their half, basically, and. And I think everybody just went, that is optimistic. And this was a ball that people didn't really like as well. Like the jo- yeah. Johnny Wilkinson wasn't really enjoying this ball and, and other kickers were having a little bit of a moan about it. Yeah. But he obviously felt it was just like a football, like a balloon that he could just pelt for miles. <laughs> I think you made the point before though, Robbie, that there's something about this England team. He's made the point on the Georgia episode, didn't mm. with Nick Heath, that there's something about this England team that clearly intimidate every team into thinking they can get shots at goal from anywhere. Yeah. And Romania, they also missed, what, four shots at goal in this game? Or something yeah, like ridiculous so. like that. Even though they lost by 50 points. <laughs> they still, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so England are, we'll come back to the England tries, the England scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, England are 34 nil up, right? Um, mm-hmm. And Romania then kick off and it's uh, Tulangi and Haskell both go up for the same high ball. They kind of take each other out. Oh, yes. And then Corbusiero blocks a Romanian making yeah. the tackle. So it's yeah. just like everyone is all over the place. It's like very much a, a visual metaphor for this England team. Uh, in yes. that they, they fundamentally sort of, they catch the ball, but they get everything around it yeah. wrong. Yeah. If they did that in the quarter final, they get crucified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no one's in sync. 34 yeah. nil down. Romania have this penalty, you know, just next to the posts on the 22 meter line. And they decide, obviously, to go for goal. Mm. So Dumbrava then takes a shot, he nails it. And moments later, England give away another penalty because obviously they do, you know, they haven't got anything else to be doing. Um, they give away hey, another penalty. They're only 11 penalties away from taking the lead. Exactly. They take <laughs> England give away another penalty on the halfway line, or just just behind the halfway line uh, on the Romanian half on the touchline and Romania kick like, it again. I think we're in this, lads. Yeah. <laughs> Get <back in> this. <laughs> another three so, points will do it. There's then, there's another point in the second half where them having missed that second shot and missed another shot towards the end of the first half where they're given another penalty about 35 metres out and Petra kind of really defeatedly just points and goes, yeah, obviously we're taking the shot. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You, know, you need to ask me. We're only 50 <laughs> down. <laughs> We talked. We talked earlier, though, and it was because they were. So, I think it's because they're so demoralised about their lineout. The scrum, mm. the scrum would have been a better option for yeah. them because yeah. at certain points the scrum was really hitting England hard. Like the English front yeah. row were in trouble, 
Um, and I think if they got a pen and just gone, yeah, we'll scrummage because I think that'd have been a better option because their line out didn't yeah. exist. So, <laughs> no. I think or yeah. a, qu- a quick taps. They didn't like a quick tap though. To be honest with you, Romania, no. they were pretty tired. Yeah, um, they're getting held up all the time in the pack. Kalavatanu yeah. came on, took a quick tap, and really made a difference. I thought yeah. when he came on, the replacement off. Yeah, I thought he was he was very good um, when he came off the bench. But one it's, great it's slim pickings, I think, with Kalavatanu when it was actually Ben Youngs took a quick tap. I might have been Wigglesworth by that point, mm. and Kalavatanu just comes in and absolutely nails Lewis Moody, nowhere near the ball. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. I think that was that. I think it was Youngs took the tap. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I know Young's took quite a good quick tap at one point and pushed the momentum a little bit. Mm. Um, there, there was a lot of the English. So the first thing that Johnny Wilkinson does in a game, they get a penalty. It's Romania and like 40 meters out or something. And he goes for the posts mm. right at the beginning of the game. And then they take three points. And I'm thinking to myself, it's Romania. Like of all the teams, I get that you want a settler and all that, but of all the teams, just kick it to the corner and let's, <laughs> let's get the game going mm. a bit. Um, I felt that, and also he was booed quite a lot during that for that kick. Mm. The New, New Zealand fans were not a fan of him taking points against Romania because it's all right. <laughs> Romania take points against England, fine. Oh, I know they were still point. booing. They were still booing oh, Romania. Booing as well. Yeah, <laughs> they were. Okay. Anyone opting for for goal from a penalty was just getting booed to high heaven. Were they all shouting for the Romanian lineup? They take the line out. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Just, that was the advice oh, to the so English box. The, the I can't I think like the idea of hell would be I don't know if it's a comedy but it would be watching that Romanian highlight from a coaching point of view like how do you fix that there's a lot to do to be honest with you there do Romania have a forwards coach like that they turn to and just like dude what the hell he was probably Marius Tinku wasn't it yeah <laughs> true he's probably doing um, it by himself they uh one oh you know at one point they cut up to the coach's box and the Romanian coach had, after they just lost a line out in the England half, uh, quite you know, good attacking opportunity, blah 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 blah. blah. And he, he just kind of had this look on his face that the same look we're talking about Rob Baxter having of like quietly confident, like we'll strike back from here. <laughs> and he then picks up his, his walkie-talkie. He says like four words into it, then puts it down and just like a James Bond look at his assistant <laughs> coach. I'm like, we've got this, lads. Like we've it just this complex. The 70 just minute un- plan un- is still on track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unveils Robocop in a Romanian He's like, don't worry, lads. It's almost half time. This is a 60 point wind, and they've only scored 34. <laughs> well, England were quite, I mean, they obviously were protecting uh, Johnny Wilkinson, but I think they took him off straight after half time whistle. Yeah, went. he came off half time. Yeah. Yeah. Wilkinson was basically just taken straight off. Um, mm. And I actually think, in a weird way, Flood, Flood almost played better because he, he looked a little bit freer. They were just running mm. around at that point, having a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, whether that's because Romania were tired. My in, my interesting, so I decided, you know, it's easy to analyse England because mm. obviously they scored a lot. But <laughs> sure. defensively, Romania did something quite interesting is they, they were one of the few teams I saw that actually put loads of pressure on Ben Youngs. Yes, yes. yes. I also noticed ben, ben Youngs at the base, he loves picking and walking backwards a yeah. bit. And But Romania, mm. they had like players that were flying past the rock, yeah. just, just pressurising him. Constantly. Often wingers as well, sniffing to try that was and... It. Slap the ball out of Young's hand or whatever. The first two times it happens, and it is in the same passage of play, it's the scrum off, it's um, it's Oju, 
Oh, Sarah Brooke, sorry. Um, flying up on Young's. And then after that, it's just the closest back. The closest back will shoot up from wherever they are out win. So it was often the winger, a couple of times at the centres. And it's clearly, it's tactical. You know, they're trying to pull yeah, Ben Young's off. they've chosen it, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if they'd literally gone, I, I mean, I don't know the extent to the Romanian analysis, obviously, whether they'd gone in and go, Ben Young's, he takes a step when he passes sure. the ball. And mm. we don't want it going further than the scrum half, particularly. Mm. So let's just attack him. And yeah. I think that was that was probably a tactic that other teams at the World Cup could have probably used against England yeah. because yeah. they would have had a better structure maybe to implement it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was quite it interesting. It did look quite disjointed the way Romania were doing it. You know, it was a guy flying out, out of the defensive line and really trying to put yeah. pressure on him yeah. rather than it being part of a systematic thing. Though it, it did lead a to him. blitz. No, yeah. The Young's throws, I think, three interception passes. Um, yeah. There's one point when he picks the ball up and he kind of sees someone shooting him from one side. So he turns and looks the other way. And he's going, right, the touchline on that side is too far away. Touchline on that side is too far away. The closest thing is that really large, pale, bald Romanian man. I'll just throw it to him. Um, so he yes. just chucks the ball straight to one of the Romanian forwards. I think it's yeah. Lazar, takes the interception and has a little trundle. You know, you have a moment where he takes it up like, is he going to go all the way? But the Romanian coach <laughs> thought, he's done it. He's in. You know, this is a this is seven points here. My favourite <laughs> himself. with about 10 minutes to go, Toby Flood throws an interception to Dan Brava, who's genuinely, yes. you can see look on his face, he's hoping he doesn't catch the intercept because <laughs> he so does tired. not want to run. <laughs> <laughs> he is so tired, that man. Oh my God. He, uh, there, was, there was plenty of points where Romania were just going for the intercept rather than the tackle. And the English yeah. players, some of them realised, so Cueto for his try realised that was happening. Foden yeah. did a couple of dummies. But so, I think it was Tyndall and maybe Moody. They didn't quite click. I don't know if it was kind of the older heads. They didn't realise they were allowed to dummy the ball. But they, <laughs> they just kept they just kept throwing it. And like the Romanian guy would kind of try and catch it and it would bounce off his chest and stuff. But it was just like, there was for me, there was a small divide between the older heads and the younger heads in the mm-hmm. England team. Um and that was that was right, exemplified he's... for me because Tyndall crashed through at one point, tried to offload to Tyndall, <laughs> yes. to Elangi, and they just were not on the same page. Like no. he just flew yeah. over his head. And... I mean, I course... think I think part of that that difference between the younger heads and the older heads is just how long it took them to deal with a hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favourite, of course, uh, the intercepts as well, was there's another one with Ben Young's at the end of the first half where he goes to the blind side. Mm. And Popolan goes genuinely for the intercept, not the deliberate knock-on. However, there's a moment where he realised that the ball's above his head and he is trying to catch the ball genuinely. And then he has a moment where he realises he's not going to and just fully commits and bats it as far away as possible. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, screw this, I'm not getting it. So <laughs> yeah, It's like the deliberate accidental knock-on. Yeah. <laughs> you just come back to the thing you said about Tyndall. Uh, yeah. So directly before he throws that mad offload to no one that yes. just kind of bounces along the ground behind him. Phil Vickery on commentary. Yeah. Who now I, I think we've mentioned Phil Vickery before, but yeah. I lovely, wonderful bloke, you know, Master clearly chef. comes across. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Phenomenal cook. But he he has this vibe of a dad in a rugby club who at the last second, someone goes, we need someone to do comms today. And he <laughs> end up like, I've always kind of fancied this. You know, I always kind of wish yeah, I could yeah. have done this. And he gets 10 minutes in and realizes he's massively out of his depth and he's got nothing to say. Yeah. So, you know, that game against 
Argentina when oh, I've mentioned the previous episode, but when Ben Young scores, he just kind of pauses for a moment after Mullins asks him for his analysis, and he just shouts, "Come on, England!" Um, <laughs> this is like perfect. Let's get him back for the Romania game. Yes. At one point during the oh, you can always see him counting down the length of his contract until he never has <laughs> to do this again. Um, at one he point, does get asked. Yeah, go on. Sorry, Chris Ashton takes the ball, and he says. After Ashton's had a bit of a run. If anything, he has been England's player in the previous two games. <laughs> He's been one of them. He has, he has certainly one been of, one, of, one of their players. There's <laughs> one really funny moment with Phil Vickery where England have just given away a really stupid penalty on the Romanian mm. try line. And uh, he's, like, there's a moment where we sudden, it just clicks with Phil Vickery as he's mid-sentence that giving away penalties is a bad thing. And this England <laughs> team might not be that good if they keep giving away penalties like that. And you kind of think, oh, you know, well, uh, I mean, we're playing pretty well, but uh, uh, penalties, oh, wait, no, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, a similar note on the penalties. At one point, he says, you know, I would have liked Romania to kick for the corner, really try to put some pressure on England, but they value the three points. <laughs> like, they're 40 they're points really... down. <laughs> but, you know, they, they just, value the I, three I points. I feel like they were just trying to pad. Their, they're padding their stats at that. Just the... Well, no, the one I, I... I can't let this go. So I talked no, to, on, I talked to Ed. Okay. Wallopy Joe on Reddit, and I'm not allowed to... It, he would kill me if I didn't bring it up. So... <laughs> Basically, Ashton and Foden, I think this game was almost not their pinnacle because when they played for Northampton, it was their pinnacle. But mm-hmm. this game for them, they were just vibing so hard great. together. Yeah. They, they, they were just, you could see that they were, all, they were perfectly in sync. They lived in each other's heads. And there was one where the ref actually ruined the vibe a bit and called it as a forward pass. Yeah, they never and forward. I was fuming. I was like, that was beautiful. We need more of that. And the ref blowing it up just, oh my God. I have no idea which pass he was trying to say was forward either. It was forward, I think. I'm not 100% because none of them were forward. Yeah. I think it was Foden when he did the really quick switch no. left to right as fast as he mm. could. Because and he it, really yeah. like turned his body to make sure it was backwards as well. 100%. Which I guess is maybe where he got it from. But like, that's the thing like, it was such a nice move and all those passes were so clearly backwards. I, I mean, I'm obviously not English and I was fuming when he blew that up. So, <laughs> Just, well, we'll, t- we'll obviously talk about um, Man of the Match and Dick of the Day later and all of that. But um, like for me, Ashton was just on fire. Like Cueto scored a bunch of tries, but Ashton was just, mm. he, he was the one that was like making breaks. And at one point, the first try, I think it was when Cueto scored, I, I, Ashton was just like, I'm bored of us being rubbish. I'm just going to run. Like, I'm just yeah. going to switch it on a bit. And then Cueto was just happily doing his nice support line and scored a good try. Yeah. I have that down in my notes is Ashton does a run so good, Cueto scores. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It was, and, and there was one point on the commentary when it was like, this is no longer England v Romania. It's Ashton v Cueto. And yeah. I was like, Ashton should be winning that match because he's actually, <laughs> I feel like he's doing more. Yeah, whereas Cueto yeah. was just kind of popping up on the end of things because they happened to pass in that direction. Making up for lost time, whereas, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yes. Well, he needed it. I, I was. I actually put in my notes, uh, one of his tries was reminiscent of 2007. It yes. wasn't really, but I put it in the notes because I just felt like they did what a small... What do you mean? He scored it. Yeah, but they, <laughs> <laughs> they did a small TMO check and I was like, oh my God, flashbacks. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was the previous World Cup match he'd played, Mark Waito. Oh, then comes in yeah. and actually scores three times. Uh, it, so It's not quite the trade-off he was hoping for, is it? He, no. like, it's not like the, the CMO <laughs> gave it and he was like, finally! Yeah. <laughs> so, interesting stat. Um, previous match before this, we had the quickest ever Rugby World Cup hat-trick. Seven minutes out of Matty Cooper, first try to last. Okay. Here, we had <clears throat> the second quickest, nine minutes, Mark Waito, First try to last. Okay, that's so, a tiny piece of stats. Yeah, mm. you and really. I, Alex Lowe does the stats quite a lot on the. On <laughs> yes. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You and him. Yeah. You and him going toe to toe there with that. One. Let's get yeah Russ Petty involved. You know, Russ he can, Petty, he can join in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get get got all of us in. Yeah. So, should we should we start on the the first Quato try? Yeah, sure. Because sure. it's uh, actually you probably talked about it a bit, but the free to Quato tries, I guess. They're all well taken, nice, good rugby tries. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all yeah. kind of it's it's a bit. To be honest with you, as an England fan watching back, it's a bit reliant on individual brilliance. Mm. Each one, yeah. there's one, there is one try later on which we'll get to, which is a really nice backline move. Um, but the first try was kind of I felt was just like England have been a bit rubbish, like penalties <laughs> and loads of yeah. like, and they've taken three points and things like that. Mm. And then Ashton got bored, as I said, and just was like, I'm going to run really, really fast past someone mm. and then score a try, which isn't the way an England team necessarily should win games. But obviously it's Romania, so they can get away yeah. with it a little bit. There's something of that about them. You know, there's there's a very particular kind of confidence about this England team that it's not. And it starts about from the second Quato try, you know, when they've scored two tries in quite quick succession, having only needed 15 minutes of being rubbish to kind of break Romania down and realise they're not great. Yeah. So from that point, it's not like the way we've seen England under Eddie Jones play or the way the All Blacks play when they play Tier 2 Nations or, you know, South Africa have in this 2011 World Cup and so on, where they're kind of just like, no, we're, we're better than you. Like, we're, we're just going to we're just gonna do this. We're going to go about our business. England look like they can't believe how good they are. <laughs> there's, there's this, like... Like we've we well we've been in like and I'm sure I don't know if you've had the same thing Charlie but where you've been in like touch tournaments and so on where you've had a player who plays like first team senior rugby playing against like five year olds and stepping them and being like I can't believe how great look yeah. at that look what great step that was he's like mate he's five he's yeah, like mate yeah. it's the Romanian <laughs> second team like come on wind your necks in there was very yeah. much that vibe from Foden in this game I oh thought. yeah yeah. yeah. Particularly when he scores his try, and obviously Tuolangi does a lot of really nice work for him, and then gives mm. him a really lovely pass. And like there was a, few, a couple of times in this game where I looked at Tuolangi and thought he is a shadow of the player he is these days. But like that was a really lovely break and pass, and yeah. then Foden rounds it really nicely. But he like you can tell as he puts the ball down, he's thinking, "Oh, I am class." <laughs> There's a swagger. There's a, he yeah. he moves with. The guy who's dating a pop star swagger. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's it. So he that's, then puts the ball the down. He puts the ball down and he immediately goes and does the cradling the baby in the cot celebration for any of the eight women in Northampton he's got pregnant at that time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, we don't, I mean, I don't know if Emperor is going to be listening to this, but yeah, he really, he really <laughs> he messed up. Is. He definitely messed up a lot of, uh, a lot of lives uh, with his indiscretions, <laughs> shall we say. I, I was in a bar in Japan last year. And someone told me quite a few stories about someone who lives in Northampton, had been to Northampton Uni, and has had quite a few stories about Ben Foden uh, that I can't possibly repeat. Yeah, we'll lie. Yeah, we'll have to get the lawyers. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. all <laughs> of them. 
Yeah, none of them involve Carly Rae Jepsen though. That is, oh, didn't okay. reach other pop stars beyond Yet. Really. Has he been yeah. to Canada? Probably. I. He seems like the kind of lad that would go to Canada. He's probably been to Canada. No, he yeah. doesn't, I mean... does he? He's. Oh, no, he plays. He's, he's played Toronto Arrows, hasn't he? Is he? Yeah. He's, oh, he's, there, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's so rugby. This is a scandal that Ben Foden and Carly Rae Jepsen has happened. Canon <laughs> now. You We've uncovered it. it. <laughs> Um, very worrying stuff. Anyway, yeah, he had the swagger of someone who was uh, dating a pop star or married to a pop star. Yeah, whether um, it was Carly Rae or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was the first try. It was quite a nice, quite a nice finish. But um, oh, that was Quato's first try. Actually, nothing to do yeah. with Ben Foden. I don't think he was even involved. Was he in the first well, try? We picked up on the Foden try. We'll, we'll just go yeah. in any order, you know. Yeah. Chaotic. Um, Chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Quater scores free. You know they're they're quite nice. He takes them well. Uh, Ashton also scores free. He spreads them out a bit more. You know they're not over the course of nine minutes. Um, Think at that nine minute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he he probably was aiming for it. Uh, his first try. So it's quite a nice set backline move. I think England actually gets slightly wrong. Um, and the pass is given at the wrong time. But Ashton is so good that he adapts and works with it and finishes yeah, it anyway. Actually agree. Um, yeah. The part of it is made by there's this kind of miss ball that misses Johnny Wilkinson and goes into one of the forwards who kind of carries crashes and you know, passes it on. And Wilkinson properly sells it. You know, yeah. he's got his hands up, he's screaming for the ball, yeah, hands, you know, as as he'd catch it, and all the remains are looking at him because he's the fly he's literally Johnny Wilkinson. I think he's you know? one of the best in the world at doing that. Despite yeah. him being the best in the world at catching yeah. a ball, he might also be the best in the world at not catching a ball. Yeah. He's also so, really handsome, so all the remains are looking at him. That is, it is easy to look at, isn't he? They're going, yeah. It's the bloke from the cover of Rugby 04. Wow. <laughs> and a, a bloke that's managed to not have a bad political opinion because he just doesn't give them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so I can just imagine as Wilkinson selling that, you only see that on the pitch. You know, you see the two seconds in which he's doing this, just holding his hands up. What you don't see is him going out at five in the morning and practicing putting his hands up, pretending to catch a ball that isn't there, selling it in his bedroom mirror every single night over and over again until he gets it perfect. And I can just imagine them running it in an England training session and him pulling you over the attack coach was at the side. Is it Matt Cat at the time? I don't know. Whoever it was at the time. No, he was the following World Cup, whatever. Um, wouldn't been, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. Pulling the, the attack coach and all the coaches. I'm not sure England had an attack coach. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know, I don't know if Chris coaches Ashton. have devolved into that technicality yet. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and I'm just saying to him, look, I think what would really help is if I hold my hands up like this and they keep running the move and they keep getting the move perfect in terms of timing and everything else on the passes. But he's like, I just, I wasn't selling it properly. You know, my hands were on our waist. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't have the right look on my face. I accidentally yeah. shouted mum rather than ball, ball, ball. I, <laughs> Ashton's finish on this try. Mm. So he slides onto his back, doesn't put the ball down, gets up, runs under the post to put it down. And the whole time he's thinking so hard about whether or not to do an ash flash. <laughs> and you can just see the cogs working his brain thinking, do we do it now or do we see if we get one later in the game? Obviously he gets his second try where he does do it because he has yeah. plenty of time to run it in. But it's so funny because like he, he wasn't running it under the post to get the conversion. He was thinking, can I just run a bit faster so I could properly dive for this? Get a decent decent air on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a good shot for tomorrow's papers. That's it. He wants to be the cover of the papers. Oh, he's yeah, like, of course. Because he was like trying this... to outperform Cueto and get in the team. Exactly, yeah. Sure. exactly, yeah. So he knew he needed the third, and he knew he knew he had to get a good photo. 
it's like he, the story he was very up for that game go on yeah uh, the story Akito Yamada tells about his try against Samoa in the World Cup is his mate said to him what you should do if you if you score a try during the World Cup is you should dive because it's really catchy and you get on the cover of the paper and so he he goes to dive for that try early and he said he wouldn't have scored it because he would have tried to just dot it down if if his mate hadn't said to him you've got on the cover of the papers so <laughs> He beats Alexander Tuolangi and scores in the corner because he was what trying to go for glory. Yeah, it's a heartwarming story. Yes. <laughs> Truly yeah. inspirational. Um, but you, I think it was Tom Croft with the really good sleight of hand um, in that backline move with Ashton coming through. I think. Yes. I'm not 100%. Yeah, I think no, it was Tom no, no. Croft. yeah. Croft had a really good game, actually. Not only that, I mean, he it's like he had like a bucket list in this game. Like he scored a try, he got an assist, he kicked the ball out for half time. Yes, he did. Oh, that was funny as well. He went to he, Singapore. They had that breakaway um at like right at the death because they missed the penalty and i feel like he could have just kept running and instead he was like oh, i'll kick it out but he he like gave it some welly he didn't yeah. just like run yeah. to the edge and tap it he was like he i'm was gonna like, give this he was so determined to do it like he stepped somebody fended off another guy i was like yes. i'm not passing nobody else is kicking this out <laughs> i'm gonna kick this ball out if it kills me i'm a forward i never get to do this we're 30 points <laughs> up today is the day was that, do you remember lachlan bosch here doing that in super rugby out early this year no, well, he's given the ball but... in his own 22 to carry. You know, he's like running onto it off a yeah, line yeah. out to carry first up and whatever, they'll do whatever. And he's beginning to charge. He looks up, sees the defence coming at him and he puts the brakes on, turns around and boots it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find that clip because that, that sounds like a, like a crisis of confidence almost. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I'll get you. It's almost shithousery. It's almost just like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm getting the warm not... changing room. He's not a player who'd have a crisis of confidence, to be honest. No, but, yeah. <laughs> no, he is like, for the Chiefs. It's shithousery against your own scrum half, isn't it? Yes. Like, no, 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 I'm yeah. going to be the one to kick this out this time. You don't get the satisfaction. Yeah, I'm, 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 the, I'm the master of this, this play, yeah. 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 Look at me. Look at me. I am the um, scrum half now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Speaking of Scrum Off, should we talk about Ben Young's try? Sure. So yeah. the very first act of the second half, England kind of accidentally form a maul from the kickoff. And Ben Young just kind of sees the blind side and goes, oh, yeah, we'll have a, look, have a bit of a crack, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he is not expecting it to go quite as well as no. it does because the Romanian player doesn't really attempt to tackle him. And yeah. he manages to get the ball away to Manu Tuolangi, who feeds it back to him to score. It's mm. effectively what happens. But there's no way... Like, Youngs was probably thinking, like, oh, I'll get a positive carry and maybe an offload to Tuolangi, well, rather than thinking, he's like, no one touched him. He's looking to draw his man and put Tuolangi in for a bit of a yeah. 
they carry, you know. Yeah. And then he accidentally makes a clean break. Yeah. And is able to draw his man. Tua Lange gives it back to him. And Young scores, as you say, seconds into the half. Like yeah. Nick Mullins mentions everyone's coming back with their pies still. Yeah. yeah. And it's the kind of break, he he didn't expect to make it, but it's the kind of break DuPont makes against really yes. good opposition. Yeah. Like yes. that that's the move. He's running back blind and actually escaping. Whereas yeah. Young's Young's does make breaks like that, but you feel like yeah, he didn't expect to actually make that, and no. then he had to run the full eighty meters or whatever the sixty meters all the way. Um, and I think the French did actually score a try, and similarly to that, yeah, yeah there's the Charles Oliver Olivon one in the Six Nations mm. against yeah. England. Yeah, it was very similar. Yeah. And this is absolute peak form Ben Young's. You know, this is yeah, this is I think the best. Best he's ever played, really. And he's very good. Wasted in the 2011 good. England team. I know, I know. But he's playing with such pace and accuracy, which, you know, he, he tends to play one of those, if at best, since. He accurately hits the touchline quite often. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Speaking of, uh, there's a moment, and again, not to give away too much about a Dick of the Day nomination, mm. but... <laughs> um, Ianel Kazan, who was playing outside centre for Romania, at yes. one point in the early first half, does his best Ben Young's impression. So we're eight minutes into the game. Uh, Romania's first or second real attack of the game. You know they've got decent numbers over, and Kazan th- he has two men outside him. He's about twenty yards from the touchline and thinks, okay, this is fine. I can just give a simple pass and let Vlaiko outside me do the rest of the work, fix a man for mm. a two on one or, or something of the sort. You know, at least a two on two. And instead, he just fires the ball both over people's heads and about six yards behind them uh, and just goes straight into touch. And Nick Mullins on the commentary says uh, he's been doing that in the warm-up the whole time. He's been firing loads of passes. He's been having an absolute nightmare. And most of them have gone into touch. Dude is an international outside (laughs) centre. Was he taking passing lessons from Bogdan Suman? Honestly, if you're doing that pre-game and it's constantly just hitting nobody, you don't just do it. Throw in the match. dummy like, man, <laughs> yeah. Just cut inside. It, yeah, it reminds me of the one. The one game. So I usually play fly half. Mm, yeah. The one game we ran out of nines. Everyone was injured. I had to go in at nine. Oh, and boy. the previous day, I'd been told, "Look, our nines are like a little bit injured. They might have to come off." So I practiced box kicking all day. I was like, I, I don't know how to box kick. I practice. So the problem was is that I went in and played nine and all I had in my head is I've practiced my box kicking. Let's box kick. <laughs> so I just box kicked. And like, everybody's like, what are you doing? Like, there's not, we haven't done any training for box kicking. And it's like, he obviously <laughs> had it in his head. I can throw that miss pass. It's a really good miss pass. I love it. But he's obviously no good at it. And he's obviously, yeah. he just can't actually do it. Did you ever get the chance to do that thing when the ball like squirts out the ruck and you manage to like toe poke it to one of your forwards running onto the ball? <laughs> Did you ever get the chance to do that? Because I, I, I've, <laughs> I tell you, I've done that once in my career and I felt phenomenal. I felt like Ben Foden <laughs> crossing for that try. Like it was a complete fluke. But how many pop stars in Northampton do you have pregnant? <laughs> as far as I know, zero. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're coming out of the woodwork now. <laughs> we Can't I think I managed one where I picked it up with one hand out of the ruck and put it in the other one and kind of pushed it towards oh, someone nice. because it was just such a mess in there. So I I, man- I managed some sort of one-handed ball transfer which nice. I thought was a miracle. That's a good move to pull off to make it look like <laughs> a good nine, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you did you ever manage to get into any fights to gain the forward respect? A little bit well, I d- 
I got a yellow card, which is nice. my only my only yellow card in existence has come when they put me in at nine. I felt like I <laughs> really lent it. I really lent into. Well, sadly, it wasn't really a yappy night. Well, maybe it was a yappy nine situation. Basically, I accidentally, when retreating into the defensive line, uh, slaps the ref on the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> So I was trying to set the line and I kind of walked back and I just saw another. So we, I, when I was playing this game, I was in yellow and blue hoops and he was w- wearing a bright yellow top. And I right. thought the forward was just not in a defensive line. So I just fully slapped him <laughs> in the stomach. <laughs> and like, phenomenal. And like, just like a little bit later, I made a tackle where it wasn't really high. Like I caught the ball pretty well. And he was like, yeah, that's a high. Like it was literally a split second. I think after I'd slapped him, I then made the tackle and I just got the yellow card immediately. Like I was just (laughs) gone. The thing is right. That's very unfortunate because if the referee called you over, said like, turn around, what's your number? And saw the number 10, he'd have known, okay, he didn't mean to slap me. Whereas he saw nine and thought, okay, you're going in the bin. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You've got to go. It was. I think it's the. That's the only card I've ever received, and it was. Yeah, nine on my back, and I've literally assaulted the ref to a certain extent. <laughs> um, absolutely, yeah, just a horrendous move on my part. Didn't <laughs> didn't even know it was happening. Uh, but to be fair, I was quite a soft. You know, he's quite a soft belly, and sure. I, I mean, I was quite you distraught. Heard you saying that forward. as well. Yeah, <laughs> I was quite distraught that he was so far out of line. I was trying to, you know, get him back in. <laughs> He didn't go full Victor Colliashvili and just shove him over. <laughs> no. My worst offence is I once told a referee to stick to the day job, but I made <laughs> okay. to do it after the final whistle. Oh, it, was, it, was because of, it was because of an incident five minutes into the game where I passed the ball, again, I was playing nine, uh, and one of the opposition forwards was retreating onside and it just happened to bump into him. And the referee, right, gave a scrum to the opposition claiming that I'd thrown it at him deliberately. It's like, he came from behind me. How the hell was I supposed to know he was there? And that's not a law. And obviously, <laughs> it's had, just, had you a, can... <laughs> a bit of an argument with him there, but eventually he, he actually shut me up. So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to save my comments, the final whistle, and let him <laughs> win. We lost. They were bottom of the table. So they blitzed. batted us. Uh, it was all the, all the referee's fault. Mm, I of course. Uh, my, I know. Okay, how would you describe the Boxing Day game I played in a couple of years ago? Uh, um, I think it was entirely fair. <laughs> so basically, it was like a almost like a charity once a year yeah, event yeah. thing. We you play. Know? We our club plays um, under. It's usually under thirties versus over thirties. Over thirties being mainly a load of people coming out of retirement for their one game a year. Uh, <laughs> it's a traditional thing in memorial of an ex-player of ours. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was asked to play in that, you know, it was like after the channel had started and so on, and I've been playing touch, you know, at the the club, and so so I was on the bench for this thing, and I Big came name on, on campus, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I came on at half time, having not played a game of senior, having never played senior rugby, you know, having and this having was not played rugby since I was first 17. ever game at fly half as well. Um, Exactly. Yeah, I, was okay. to say, I came the on. Creative at 10. mind came in. I get it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So they, yeah, they brought me on the ten with with. I was playing nine, at yeah. nine. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, my first touch. The so I come on and the over thirty. No, the yeah, the over thirty is like thirty points behind, and the referee is like what? What is he like? 60, 70? He's in his seventies. Yeah, he's in his seventies. Yeah, okay. yeah, and he's never going to stop refing. Mobile? Is he mobile? Yeah, just about. Okay, okay. As mobile as you can feasibly be at 70. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, in a muddy field, yeah. 
Sure. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I take my first touch at 10. You know, I'm kind of stood in. I'm just going to ship it along, you know, <laughs> standard position. When suddenly one of the forwards come from behind me and flattens me. Just like dives on my back. He was genuinely about 20 yards offside. And the referee yeah. just goes, yeah, play on. Like that. Because <laughs> it it tends to get to the point where... The other 30s will... The 50-50 decisions will go their way, let's say. Yeah, in the 60-40 decisions will so. go their way. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the 90-10 decisions... The 100% decisions will go their way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my yeah it sounds like someone was trying to hit you, to be honest. That's literally, yeah, it felt yeah. that way. It felt that way. Um, my second touch was like... It was a, a mispass to a winger who ran 70 metres and scored. <laughs> it was entirely, entirely that winger. Like he did absolutely everything, but I count as an assist. Exactly, creative, yeah. creative genius. Creative. Did yeah. he? Did he just run? Was there anyone in front yeah. of him? Because oh, you yeah, put he, him in space. He, no, he beat his man. Went on the oh, outside well, and beat the fullback himself. Yeah, as well. assist, you know, assist. It was like, yeah. he, did, he did everything. It was like Ashton in this game that we're supposed to be talking about. Um, yeah. We don't have to yeah. come back to it. Just, yeah. uh, well, I've got. Do you want? You want some stats? I've got some stats. Please, please uh, give us statistics. Romania have the heavier pack in this game. Um, yeah. which which you do actually notice perhaps in the scrum every so often because mm. um, England do start going backwards in the scrum every so often and Haskell tries to pick and I will say the sign of a good eight is in a backwards going scrum you end up going forwards um, that very good eight obviously and Haskell mm. would try and regard himself as being a very good eight sure. actually, Haskell didn't manage to do that he did manage to continue <laughs> going backwards um, which, Lawrence Delario just before this World Cup said Haskell could be the best number eight in the world if he gets a run of games in that position oh, um, um, how do you feel about that cool. <laughs> yeah. if I was Lawrence Delario I would stop commentating and say <laughs> such as that <laughs> he's got he's to pay for all that money he's spending in brothels on items we don't know what he's spending it on <laughs> all we know is he's spending 30 grand in a brothel could all be on drinks could all be on drinks. Yeah, he's just buy- he's buying a lot of expensive yeah. champagne. There's there's a joke here about how inept the Romanian hooker was in this game. Hey! <laughs> it's because um, it is of course a Romanian establishment he frequents, um, which I'm surprised considering the remarks he gave about the Canadians love ice hockey. That's why they're good forwards. He didn't ah. go well. Yeah, I know the Romanian hooker is going to be good. <laughs> I know. There I... we go. The joke came out. It was there, and as always, Robbie manages to pull it out. <laughs> um, unlike Ben Foden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also got a note here that says Steve Thompson is good at rugby. I don't actually know. I don't have any notes on timings around that, but I've written Steve Thompson is good at rugby. So I'm imagining he might have done some interesting things. Oh, I think he set up one of Ashton's tries, Yeah, right? so yeah. it's Ashton's second try. Um, England run quite a nice move, and they get it out to Paceman on the wing in Steve Thompson. Steve Thompson, um, yeah. Who then looks up, sees how far he has to run, and just goes... You do it, Chris. <laughs> you, you, you take this one. I'll, do, I'll get the next one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, that, that, that must have been it then. So, yeah, Steve, Steve Thompson's good at rugby. I just feel like Phil Vickery is doing the commentary and mm. Steve Thompson is still on the pitch. You know, there's, there's kind of yes. vibes going on there, which is quite impressive. Um, yeah. The yeah. other thing Steve Thompson does is at one point, Romania kicked the ball out and Thompson is stood there ready to take the quick throw. And he tries to take it, but there's one of the Romanian players who stood kind of on the England side of it, you know, blocking the quick throw. And he turns to the touch judge and says, he's blocking the throw. And the touch is like, 
So so he goes to the referee and he says, I want to take the quick one. He's not letting me. And the referee just kind of doesn't acknowledge him and just moves on. He's like, we're having the line out. You can have to throw it in in a second. And he's, he goes to the referee again and continues complaining to him, not realizing that isn't a rule. He's perfectly entitled to do that. He can stand there if he wants. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really weird, like, he shouldn't be allowed to stop me taking it, despite the fact that part of the rule is if you are standing there, you're making the line out and whatever and preventing mm. the quick throw. That's part of the job. Yeah. Um, that's what You see wingers yeah. do it all game, every game, running up to stop a quick throw. Yeah. Racing yeah. up. He just, he's never noticed 90% of a winger's job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's too quick. He's always <laughs> run straight past that. I like that. that. The scrum half just claiming that the winger's job is basically blocking quick line out <laughs> and, yeah. and maybe just touching the ball down in the corners, the other yeah. 10%. Those yeah. are the... Yeah. Yeah, and I'd agree. A... I'd agree. This yeah. is, of course, Steve Thompson, a couple of months earlier, had taken that intercept in Dublin and ran it in from 50 metres. Of course. Yes. The... He was probably still tired, though. <laughs> yes, he's still recovering from that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I remember watching him in the Legends game. I think he did something Yes, similar. He basically ran the length of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. he stepped Andrew Walker. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah and got the oxygen on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, the oxygen. That was hilarious. Yeah. Legend. We love Steve Thompson. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't remember if I've told this story on the podcast before, but the day after Steve Thompson took the intercept in Ireland, I was playing. It, I've gone through like both of my playing anecdotes here. Yeah. I was playing a game and I came off the bench at half time again. That was kind of my thing, you know. I was like, I was like Toby Flood. I came on at half time. Okay. Um, yeah. I came on at half time and we were like two. No, it was seven nil was the scoreline. Did you run into the um, post? When I came on. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Might have been five nights. No, it was five nil. It was five nil. It was like a really dull game to be watching. And I came on opposition you know like in our half had a really threatening series of attacks i came in took an interception you know and i didn't get anywhere like i just i took the intercept as a, sort of more a turnover than a than yeah, a chance that's, to score. that's solid yeah uh two people said to me afterwards steve thompson moment <laughs> <laughs> just just re- they knew the reference and just thought i'll throw yeah. it out there as an intercept <laughs> steve thompson forever forever every time i take an intercept since I, I think of Steve. You dedicated you know, to Steve going, Thompson. Yeah, he is it's my inspiration. In That's beautiful. Yeah. Always <laughs> yeah. in my heart, in my mind, Steve Thompson. So I've got one one, one of my last notes about England mm. attacking is they performed at one point something that they probably stole from Super Rugby back in 2004, 2005, which was the flat crossfield kick. Mm. Uh, Johnny Wilkinson to Ashton and Foden. Yeah. And they just suddenly ran down the left. Of course. And the commentary seemed over, they seemed absolutely shocked by it. You know, they, they were just like, oh my God, they must have practiced that in training. <laughs> you know, and obviously nowadays that's like just a normal move. But in yeah. 2011, I imagine that was, that was blowing minds apparently. Um, but New Zealand have been doing it for years and everything. Yeah. And doing it not on the opposition line as well, you know, doing it in their own half. Yes. Not where they were and not again and against... Not to disrespect to Romania, but like mm. doing it at top level, you know, games yeah. we're talking now. Yeah. There's one moment towards the end with about a minute or two left when Romania have the knock on advantage and Dumitras does this lovely chip over and then just mm. just doesn't bother catching it. Because well, he, he. It lands in his hands. And I, I, my note says Dumitras sexy chip, Dumitras yes. less sexy knock off. <laughs> <laughs> so he. He sees the ball coming into his hand. He sees he's, he's timed it right to regather it. Then he looks yeah. and sees it's Delon Armitage flying into that, absolutely flying yeah. into him. And he, no, it's Tuolangi. It is Tuolangi. Yeah. Right. He sees Tuolangi coming at him. And he kind of thinks, 
Right, okay. I yeah, don't want to be like that. He begins to, to, like, to brace himself for impact, then realises he hasn't caught the ball. <laughs> Tuolangi, I think I agree with Will earlier when he said mm. Tuolangi wasn't... the He's a shadow of his future self. Um, but there were flashes of Tuolangi where he ran in a way where it looked... You know, you could see the movements that he makes later on in mm. his career that he kind of gets half tackled and actually goes down. Whereas later on in his career, that half tackle wouldn't even phase him. Yeah. Um, so you can see flashes of the two Alangi coming through and like, you can just imagine. And that, that moment that's happened for two Alangi recently, did you see, I don't particularly like the account, but the, the rugby inside line account. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. They tweeted, they, you're yes. aware of its existence. It yes, tweeted I... apparently that, um, your best friend, Steve Diamond, was talking about uh, Tuilangi usually only gets nine games a season and this was his ninth game for sale. And mm. Tuilangi, in a couple of seconds, he man, he's limped off injured after that game. So that is the nine games that he's had for that se- for sale that season. <laughs> wow. So he's like, he, he's apparently he's average. Yeah, he's averaged nine games a season for Leicester. Wow. wow. To say the amount they were paying him, you know, he was, what, the second highest paid player in the Premiership? Second or third? You know, he's right up there. Huge. And, yeah. you know, and that's obviously been, uh, well, it's going to continue for sale, apparently, because he's had his nine games and sadly he's limped off injured. But it's just like, you can see the potential in that 2011 Tuolangi. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. you, I don't know, I'm still hopeful for him. You know, I'm watching that yeah. Tuolangi and yeah. I'm like, you've got, you know, you've got so much ahead of you and it's going to be absolutely yeah. brilliant. He's also though he's averaging three times the games per season that Banteo did for Worcester, which so, <laughs> he I the, I feel like the RFU Teo and Sam Burgess the RFU pop up for that or the you know provision for that should have been massive because really they were just buying them for England that yeah, that yeah. was the reality wasn't it yeah exactly they were paying an England wage um, yeah yeah but yes. Yeah. Speaking of centres that can't pass off the left hand, uh, Mike Tyndall. Um, yes, sure. So I've got two notes on Mike Tyndall. One is in the last minute, there's this crazy passage of play mm-hmm. in which Romania kind of intercept the ball and they've got a clear run down. They can't make it. You know, obviously they kick it, they try and chase back, the blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, Tyndall tears it back in fairness, dives on the ball, five meters up his own line. Of course. There's then a long passage of play where Toby Flood goes into complete just. Oh, I don't yeah. know what happens. He becomes like Dan Carter in 2005. Yeah. yeah, He's throwing dummies. He's stepping everyone. He's just phasing in and out all around the pitch, looking for the post to run into. Can't find it. Just beat another <laughs> Romanian. Beat another Romanian. Eventually the post will turn up. And he's he's really going for it. He then gets the ball again, having uh, passed it on. I think it's to Tulangi or whoever's in his support. Uh, Armitage. 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 Thank you. They then recycle it back into Flood, who throws this like 40-meter mispass along the wing yeah. and like Flood is absolutely on one at this point so I think it's Croft who kind of has to re- stop regather and he spins and he sees coming herring down the pitch finally joining back in is the one and only World Cup winner 38th in line to the throne Michael Tyndall <laughs> and he sees Tyndall herring it and he sees like it's a back you know I thought it was Dan Cole initially but it's, a, it's Mike Tyndall <laughs> And so he, he pops it up to Tyndall, who sprints off the ball perfectly. He's had like a, literally like a 40, 50 meter run up and he's going at absolutely top pace. <laughs> and it is like watching a post box shuffle down a hill. Like, 
it is the slow. It's like watching Mike Tyndall run. He looks like he's buffering. Like he, looks like he hasn't loaded properly, and he's kind of stopping in between and jagging his way across the pitch as he runs in a straight line. And he has like clear space to run into, and he somehow managed to eat it all up and only make about ten yards. When anyone like I would have finished that, like penguins would have finished that, but Mike Tyndall barely makes it to the twenty-two. Coming all that way for a positive carry. Yes. <laughs> well, Tinder was Tinder wasn't there for the rugby. Tinder was there for the dwarves. That's that's why. <laughs> that's canon. The other thing I have on Mike Tyndall. So I know we've talked a bit about on this podcast. It was the era of being able to get away with having a center who couldn't pass. Yeah. yeah. In a way, you couldn't have that's five true. years prior to this. You couldn't five years after this. But for some reason, in 2011, like 2009 to 2012, maybe you could get away with having a centre who, who could maybe offload but not pass. Yeah. Um, so, at one point, just to, to nail this point home, our friend Phil Vickery says, I question why to- Tyndall needs to pass so often. Just tuck <laughs> it up, then recycle it to Wilkinson. Oh, God. He's not got this sussed, has he? There's something <laughs> Clive Woodward about that. Like, he's listened yeah. too much to him or something. Yeah. And it's like that's stuck in your head, Phil. You need you need to learn something new because he's been having conversations with England's attack coach. If he exists, <laughs> <laughs> he's actually just been talking to himself in the shower. But yeah, <laughs> it's just, oh no, that is a bad that is a bad point. But I, I will agree with you. Like it's the kind of time when Haskell should have been pinnacle because he was yes. just big. Like it's just yeah. big people. It's, you know, South Africa were, they, I mean, there was skill there, don't get me wrong, but they were still in the mindset of being big. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. I was listening uh, to one of your other, po- one of the, one of your previous pods of the, in- the South Africa smashing Namibia mm-hmm. um, game. The lion. Uh, the lion, the, or the lion tamer. Yeah. So that, yeah. that blew my mind. I wanted yeah. to talk about the lion tamer. <laughs> He was that was amazing. I was I was listening to that thing to myself. Who's the hardest man in England that could deal with a lion, like an actual lion? And I came, I think I came down to Lewis Moody, like just because okay. he's, he's a little bit like there's you know there's something loose, yeah. And so he could probably deal with a lion. He wouldn't think twice about fighting the lion, exactly. No matter how hard he is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Watching that, this World Cup or just on Lewis Moody. Yeah. <laughs> From the way he played, I seem to remember him being the kind of open side who knew all the laws inside out and was so accurate and just like encyclopedic rugby knowledge. And he did play under Martin Johnson, though. But yeah, watching him in this World Cup, you're kind of going, he didn't know what the laws were. He just loved <laughs> flinging himself into people. Like he, he just, he's like Tom Cruise. He's just this, like, he loves trying to kill himself, but not quite doing it. Speaking of Tom Cruise, I just finished watching Edge of Tomorrow yesterday for oh, no man. reason. That's a great film. Great. I yeah. just rewatched for no reason whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Mimics and alphas and omegas. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's taken us an it's... hour to move on to films this week. I know. We haven't we haven't got we haven't got there yet. Uh Edge of Tomorrow is terrific. Or live to repeat or live to kill or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well on my on my perfectly legal streaming site it was called <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um and, and yeah, like I said, Tom Cruise, uh obviously Scientologist, cult leader, phenomenon. Yes, um, hooker. Hopefully he doesn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> if Tom Cruise listens, hire me. Or just say hi. 
Like, whatever. I love Tom yeah. Cruise, unapologetically. Uh, if Tom uh, Cruise is listening and he wants to feature on one of our next episodes, oh, yeah. then please do get in touch. He's, and, he's invited. Yeah, no. If he wants to give us, in return, for the privilege of coming on this podcast, all cameos in one of his next films, then that oh. would also be accepted. Mate, Amazing. Like, I've said this before. Like Normally, my favourite film of the year is, like, you know, like, the year before, the, what about, it was, like, a, ger- a three-hour German art film. But like this year, my favorite film of the year is Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is like two hours of two French women, women alone on an island, not talking to each other, pretending they don't fancy each other. Um, oh. It's phenomenal. I love it. Uh, it made me cry so much. It's great. <laughs> Sounds like um, a psychological thriller. It's so good. But my favorite film of 2018 was Mission Impossible Fallout, because I just thought really? it was the best action film I've seen in years. It's so good. I'm, um, I'm going to surprise. I haven't watched it. I'm oh. going to... So I'm going to have to obviously watch it so I can uh, give you feedback. Yes. I, I, of course, came out of seeing that film, uh, turned my phone back on, had 200 plus Twitter notifications because Sam Warburton had just tweeted to me. Oh, of course. That was the time. I I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd I'd managed to sum up all of those notifications in one text to you. It just said, Sam liked your tweet. (laughs) Liked your video. (laughs) video. Yeah. Yeah. Which which um, is the best thing to come? That might have a bearing on why it's your favorite movie. I, I don't I don't want to tell yeah. you that you've been psychologically programmed to enjoy that movie more because of that, but you may have been psychologically programmed to enjoy that movie more because of that. It was a hell of an evening. I'm going to tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I remember I'd had my head, like I put the video up on Sam Warburton that morning. I then had a nightmare because the trains weren't running. I was having to get a bus instead to get a haircut. And I didn't think I was going to be there in time. And I was having to ring the hairdresser and say, like, oh, I've got it. I'm going to be there late. Because I thought it was going to be, like, a really easy stop off on the way to the cinema. It wasn't. Um, and it ended up being, like, a whole ordeal. It was a really stressful morning. And then, then Sam Warburton liked my tweet. And I got to watch Tom Cruise, like, fall off a helicopter. Nice. And all the fears yeah. fell away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He is, of course, to, to go on completely pointless news. He is, of course, reteaming with Doug Lyman, the director of Edge of Tomorrow, next year to make a film that they're going to shoot in space. Oh, wow. So he's going after the Matt Damon market. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's what. Yeah. Okay. But he's, but they're going to shoot it in space. They're going to, like Elon Musk is helping okay. with it. Like they're going to actually shoot the film in got, space. Like, Martian guest stars in there or something. <laughs> I hope so. Well, they so just found say... those microbes on Venus. So <laughs> of course yeah. they may have done. It's just female lead. Do they like yeah. Mission Impossible? <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know, but they're Scientologists already. (laughs) If Tom Cruise is listening and wants to give us a cameo in any film, I'll happily take that one. Yeah, sure. I'd quite like to be in Tom Cruise's social in space. (laughs) Make it work. Socially distanced. Socially distanced. Sure. We can get eight people up there. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, that's Uh, the safest place at the moment, up in the space station. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. It's not very crowded in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, Do we have? Any other business, I've, any other order business before we move on. One more, one more little thing to talk about is that okay. when Marius Tinku comes on, how absolutely fuming he is. Yes! Oh, he goes full fidem, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just right. thinks like, right, lads, look, he was, they were about 50 points down by the time he'd come mm. on. And he just thinks like, lads, if I was playing, genuinely, they would be so much closer. They'd be at least like 20 yeah. points closer to England. Because firstly, throwing to line. Secondly, the fact that like he carries so well and rucks so well. And there's one point where they're having an attack on the England line, which obviously they don't score in the end. Mm. But Marius Tinker is that fuming that he's rucking over and he just starts randomly stamping on James Haskell. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's listened to his podcast ahead of time. To the point, where, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. The influence he has on this Romanian team is such that Danny Dombrava, the number ten, also starts stamping on James Haskell. <laughs> the number the eight. energies combined, and they're just yeah. like going at him. Yeah, it's, it's like, like oh, Power Rangers. My captain, my captain stamping on James Haskell, so I stamp on James Haskell. I don't care that I'm a ten. I love that yeah. Christian Petra, who is the starting captain, is still on when Tinku comes yeah, on. Yeah. And there's no question, he is instantly captain. <laughs> Tinku has taken <laughs> over now. And so, like, from the next penalty, all game, uh, Petra had been kicking for goal and pointing to the post, and they'd taken shots from literally everyone on the pitch. Whereas the moment Tinku comes on, he goes, well, I can't kick the goal myself, so it's going for the corner. Like, I'm involved in that one. Like, we're, we're going to do that. And just swings completely, and suddenly they're kicking for the corner instead of the post. I think that's the lineup they actually get. Yes. That's their winning, yeah, their winning lineup. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, my, sorry, I'm glad go he has such. I'm glad he has such an influence though, because I feel like it's it's good to have as a zeitgeist, a lightning rod, someone that you all rally around, kind sure. of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my one other note on the Romanian team is Stefan Siuntu, um, the winger, yeah. who, right, we mentioned the Ben Youngs thing, but other than Ben Youngs, other than him coming in to hit. Ben Youngs. He is not interested in tackling backs. And yet, any time a forward comes near him, he flies in like Faf de Klerk style to try and smash him. So he smashes like three of the English... No, I think it's Corbagiero, um, mm-hmm. I think it's Tom Croft, and there's someone else as well. I think it might have been Tom Palmer, I'm not sure. Um, who he just... He'll spot a forward in the wide channels, and he'll just fly in and try and just kill them alive. Whereas any time a back came near them, it was like they had the lurgy and he just let them run past him. <laughs> like he just wasn't interested at all in tackling backs. And I think that's a very endearing quality in a winger. <laughs> <laughs> Complete reverse. Of it's, a, it's a reverse winger. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's not. They don't. They don't good. They don't right. But uh, yeah. All right. Uh, shall we? Do we have anything else, or should we move on to man I'm of the match and dick of the day? We can roll forward. Okay. Sweet. Shall we talk man of the match first? We, we, let's go guess first. Let's go guess first. Yeah. Guess, on, guess first. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you you guys have you probably guessed who I think is man of the match. I mean, I, I could I could throw out a, a spanner in the works and put someone else, but I think the amount that Chris Ashton wanted this game to do well, yeah. and I will stand mm. that he wanted to get an ash splash on the papers and all of that. Of course, but um, despite the arrogance, he still for me was England's most get up and go it player. He he made he made that England team start to actually do things that were good. Um, yeah, and so I, I I would give him man of the match personally. I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, you could I say think... he okay. I say you could say he has been England's player in this match. He has been England's <laughs> yes. player. In this match. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to agree with you on that. And I, um, even before he had the tries, he was still looking to distribute with Foden and link up and mm. stuff. And like there was so much more to the game than just scoring a hat trick, you know. And it was nice that he managed to clock at 15 points as well. But he was genuinely looking to play quite expansively, and he was just playing a very attractive brand of rugby rather than just doing his usual thing and popping up and finishing tries. So yeah, no, I agree. Chris Ashton's also my man of the match. Uh, Chris Ashton was very almost, he was going to be my man of the match until quite late on in the second half when something clicked for me that I don't think I've ever seen Manu Tuolangi distribute this well. Like oh, he wow. Was, he was running his lines and he was, you know, d- doing the standard, he was picking that line he always runs. Mm. Um, he scores a try, you know, but he was actually passing the ball, which yeah. he never normally does. So like Certainly he puts the phone in space. Yeah, exactly. And like, me, 
I kind of do want to just give it to Chris Ashton now. I've said that. I've got that out of my system. Sure, Chris Ashton, Universal Man of the Match. Oh, Chris wow. Ashton gets the third. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Tua Lange, honourable mention for passing a few times and doing some big runs on that. And this isn't underlines. Yeah, it's Chris Ashton. <laughs> it's Christopher Ash Tomenez. Great. Dick of the day. Who wants to begin? I, I can start if you want. Yeah, um, go for it. As I say, Kazan for that horrendous passing to touch, which, you know, he'd been doing from the warm-up is one. But I've got to give it to Bogdan Suman for the fact that he could not throw into a line-out to save his life. And, like, I know that usually this is quite a light-hearted thing, but it just reached a point where Romania had lost, like, their eighth line-out on the track. And it's like, I can't give it to anyone else. This is ridiculous, lads. Uh, 100%. So, I mean, I'm going to give my dick of the day to James Haskell. Nice, good option. Um, but I, I mean, I agree with you completely, but I feel like it's just kicking kicking a man when he's down. Yeah, um, it, quite rightly, the Romanians were, were bad but <laughs> in, in that respect, especially at the line-out. But James Haskell, for me, he gave away, I think, two or three penalties minimum on his own. Um, he went backwards off the back of a scrum. That uh, Fair play to him was already going backwards, but he went backwards further. Sure. Um, and just generally, I didn't think for for a game where he was in Lawrence Delalio's world going to become the best eight in the world, um, you know, for that he he wasn't. He didn't look yeah. like a superstar on the pitch. He didn't. He was outperformed by Moody. He was outperformed by Tom Croft. And nothing about what he did was very special. So I, I have to give it to James Haskell. I'll always approve of you calling James Haskell a dick. Yes. <laughs> so my dick of the day is the one that belongs to Ben Foden. <laughs> no. Um, so... I mean, it's a hell of a dick. <laughs> so I've heard. So as I said, I've heard some <laughs> stories in Tokyo. So I think I, a few contenders. I mean, I noticed after the match that Florent Leku, I think is an excellent player and was solid. Uh, do you want his tackle stats? Go on. Uh, one made, five missed. Excellent. Which um, yeah, that's that's the kind of form you want from your fullback when yeah, the opposition breaks. It was means he was about it? a bit. He was he was getting yeah. about, you know. <laughs> I I think Christian Petrov continues what kicks a goal. Fine, Bogdan Suman. I I wanted there to be more England players I could pick from, but I just yeah. I couldn't. I so I. I mean, I was kind of I figured it's Bogdan Suman or it's Mike Tindall. Um, okay, just for just for, I mean his attempts to pass which don't go well and then him going you know what i'm not even going to try anymore yeah, like, phil, vickery told phil, to. vickery, phil vickery told me not to you know and i love him on master chef so oh, i should listen to him <laughs> um so you know i'm gonna go with mike tindall because i don't want to pick on bogdan too much um so we've got a, you know we've got a, a divide there we've got a split yeah, there's a yeah, split that's, yeah that's the spread all right uh, <laughs> good okay Charlie, Sav, whatever you want to, whoever whoever you are. Whoever um, is fine. Before we go, anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Any Anywhere? Where can people find you? Um, you can follow us on Twitter. So Line Break Rugby on, on Twitter. Um, we have a website that gets updated with random articles depending on when oh, we you care. Do, you do. Yes, sorry. Yes. Um, I didn't know that. I have read it. It's good. Yeah. We Your goal kicking analysis. Yes. That was updated mm. like in 2017. But that, I mean, I update that sporadically. Um, and I'll post. I, I post what the extra fourths look like because everybody was going the fourths could win the league. So I just posted that um, and things like that. And occasionally CC will post on there or Fred will post on there. So 
it doesn't get updated but yeah you can go and visit the website and uh, we don't podcast but we have a back catalogue that you can find on any podcasting thing so just search line break rugby every so often the six nation kicks off and everyone listens to our 2017 podcast about the six nations so <laughs> that that is rolling in views and the rest of them don't have anything no i mean <laughs> you, you say that like it's mad we are doing podcasts like the 2011 rugby World Cup. <laughs> that's, so. that's true sorry yeah yeah <laughs> but with cutting edge references like edge of tomorrow you know oh, that's true yeah. just what 2016 and speculating about which particular women Ben Ben Foden's got pregnant? You know, I yes. don't need to speculate on a few. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Charlie, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate that. It's yeah, been yeah, really it's good. It's been fun. good to good to talk to you for the first time. Well, it's been brilliant. I'm glad yeah. we agreed on man of the match as well. Yeah, and, exactly. And bonded over something now. Bullied Robbie into uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got used to it in school. Like, yeah, I, we can go back to bullying each other on Twitter now. <laughs> <laughs> If you can't beat him, join him. Um, yeah. It's been a pleasure. Okay. I love it. No, no. Thank you for doing it. It's no, been a, a huge pleasure. I've likewise enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please, if you enjoyed it, continue doing so. Um, even just for the remainder of this podcast, you know, there's probably seconds left. You can you can glance at your screen now and see how long's left. And podcast. don't forget, if you're playing um, rugby anytime soon, which you won't be, if if you've got a referee there, just give them a nice friendly slap. <laughs> Just a love tap right in the stomach. He'll, he'll appreciate Tell him it. Not to give up the day job. Yeah. Uh, he's a full-time referee, in which case, that's actually solid advice. You know, don't give it up. Don't, <laughs> don't quit your job. Plug away. Yes. All right. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope I've, you are having a nice day. You know, you've successfully finished your commute or whatever you're doing. And we'll see you next time for the next match in the Rugby World Cup, which immediately followed this game. And it was between New Zealand and France when we should, all things being well, be joined by rugby journalist and author of Facing the Hacker, the new book on the All Blacks, Jamie Wall. Um, so I'll see you all then. Um, Charlie, Sav, once again, thank you very much. Will, thank you very much. I'll see you. you. Go- goodbye. Good night. Goodbye. Bye. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 